Hey, OT Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius, and you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. What's up and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. And today I wanted to talk about something that I really just want to normalize. And that's the idea of asking for help. I know that it is kind of countercultural to basically ask for help because we as humans have been trained to think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you don't know what you're doing. It's a sign that means you don't understand things and you need things explained to you over and over again. So I just want to really normalize the idea that asking for help, especially when you're a pre-OT, current OT student, or even a new grad clinician is not out of character. It's actually very smart. I encourage you guys to seek the help that you need. And there's a lot of value in mentorship. And it is a lot better to actually invest in yourself by asking the right questions and seeking the help than you trying to figure things out on your own and then making mistakes that could be very detrimental to your life and not only maybe your life, but the life of those who are close to you. So that's why I think it's so important to start normalizing asking for help and getting outside of your head in order for you to do so, because that's really, I think, the hardest part. Sometimes we just get stuck in our head and we start thinking about, well, what are they going to think? Are they going to think that I am dumb for asking this question? Is this even something that I should be asking given where I am in my career as an occupational therapist? Is this a dumb question? And we are scared to get the help that we need because We are afraid of how other people are going to perceive us. But I'm going to share one of Simon Sinek's stories. Simon Sinek, he is a Instagram motivational speaker, writer, author. And he had this meeting. And this meeting was with a bunch of information technology people. And he did not really know or understand the lingo. But he was there in that room with them with a bunch of other information technology people. And they were talking in their lingo and in their terms. And he really did not understand a lot of it. So because he was not afraid to look dumb, he asked a lot of questions. After the meeting was done, there was one of the members in the meeting who said, thank you so much, Simon, for asking all the questions you did ask because I was afraid to ask them. And had you not asked them, then none of us would have been as clear as we are right now. 
So that's the value of looking dumb. And a lot of times we can take for granted the good that asking questions can do not only for our lives, but the lives of others. And it just really comes to show that you're not the only one that may have that question that you have in your life. And you're not the only one that needs help in a certain area, right? You're not the only one that needs help when it comes to being emotionally healthy or relationally healthy or financially healthy, physically healthy. We all need help and we all need accountability. And that is why we need to just start normalizing the idea of getting help and to be a good thing versus as a sign of weakness that you don't know what you're doing and that it's just this really taboo thing, right? So, and I hope that this even carries over to current clinicians that are taking on students because the last thing that you ever want to do to a student is make them feel that way, that they can't ask you a question. You have been entrusted with a very special task of molding the next generation of occupational therapists. And if you don't put yourself into a position where asking questions is something normal, where asking questions is something that is expected, regardless of what the question is, then you are setting yourself up for a very what I believe is actually toxic to that student. So I think that asking questions and asking for help is not a bad thing when it comes to field work, when it comes to the MBCOT or the licensure exam that we take as occupational therapists. So getting the help that you need is going to actually get you farther along as well, faster right? What if you actually get the help from somebody who has already been there and done that? That means that you can use their success as clues to get the same results. It's really no different than this runner. His name is Roger Bannister, and he was the first guy to break a four-minute mile. And when he broke it, tons of other people just started breaking it. Because he set the foundation, he set the standard, and other people started to get the help that they needed in order to do that. And they realized that that help was not just for Roger Bannister. They realized that they could do it too. If Roger Bannister could do it, why can't they run a four-minute mile? If this person can pass the NBCOT, then why can't you? What are they doing that you are not? So you really need to think about it like that. And I think that that is going to just help you guys a lot as you go throughout your OT career. And it will allow you to create an atmosphere where you don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells asking questions to maybe your coworkers. Like, I'm not going to lie. I remember when I was in inpatient care, right? I had my first sliding board transfer. I was kind of new grad-ish. And I had a patient with a double amputation below the knee. And I had no clue how I was going to transfer this patient because he had no legs. 
I'm obviously not going to pick the patient up from the bed, put him on my shoulders and put him into the wheelchair. So I was kind of at a loss. And I knew that what I needed to do was do a sliding board transfer. I just hadn't done that since OT school and a year and a half or a year or so had already passed since I had done a sliding board transfer. So thankfully, and I was kind of, I'll be honest, I was a little bit ashamed to ask because I felt that this is something that I should know. This is something that I learned in OT school. Why can't I do a simple sliding board transfer? And I had to ask one of my coworkers for help. And I had to tell her, I don't really recall or remember how to appropriately do this so the patient can be safe. Can you help me and reteach me so the patient can be safe and I can learn and implement this? And I felt, I remember, like I said, I was feeling shame. But as I look back on that situation, I realized that I did not have to feel shame. And I don't want any student listening to this podcast to ever feel that way when they're in field work or any pre-OT feel that way as well as they're going through their application cycle, feel that maybe because they don't know certain terms or because they don't understand certain things about the profession and they maybe have this idea that OT may not be for them. Listen, this profession, I really do believe is great if you make it great. You have so much potential to make this career what it is just because of the broad avenues that you can take. So you have the potential to be happy and the potential to make this career something very worthwhile. So I just really encourage you to start creating the atmosphere that you would want for yourself as a student. If you're current OT and you're taking on students, What type of CI or fieldwork educator, rather, would you want if you were in that student's shoes? So start thinking about that. Let's start making this now a world that we feel very comfortable to ask questions and very comfortable to ask for help. Because I also believe that if we start normalizing that, that's also going to transcend into other areas of healthcare. One of the things that I notice with healthcare is that nowadays we talk a lot about healthcare, but we're not really healthy. We have a lot of clinicians that are emotionally unstable, financially unfit. They're physically unfit. They have trauma from past relationships. They also have a lot of maybe mental health issues that have not been addressed. And then they're stressed and burned out in the profession. And we're not addressing this. And then once the problem is there and there are issues that need to be addressed because of these problems, that's when we say, oh, no, you need to get therapy. No, you need to get help. Listen. Get the help before you even need it. What if we actually normalize getting help so much that it gets to the point where people are not waiting to get to therapy once they are already hurting? A lot of people, when it comes to therapy, they are already thinking, well, I don't need therapy right now because my shoulder is not so bad. If it gets worse, that's when I will say something and that's when I will seek the help. 
that just comes along with a lot of other issues in healthcare. It comes with the fact that people think that they can do things themselves. We have not normalized being healthy just from the get-go, preventative type of measures that we can take, not only as students, but clinicians, to be emotionally stable, to be relationally happy, to be physically fit, to be financially fit and get out of debt and have the career that we actually envision. We as future OTs, the future OTs that are listening to this podcast are going to be shaping the future of it. So I hope that this episode is just the beginning to that. And I hope that it even shows why I decided to do this whole OT Genius platform, because I believe in the future of OT. Yes, I'm an OT right now. Yes, I've been in the profession for over four years, going now on five. And I want to make sure that the people coming into this profession are stronger, healthier, more like they're happier than even our, their older counterparts because of the things that we are implementing to change things for the better. So that's what I have to say. That's why I think it's so important to start normalizing getting help. It's one of those things that is just really, really valuable and will not only just shape the future, it can transcend into other areas of healthcare. It can actually start promoting other people to start going to the clinic before there really is an issue. Let's start normalizing that and start taking preventative measures. And then we can actually call ourselves healthcare professionals. At least that's my opinion. Go ahead. You can contact me at otgenius18 at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on the episode or what I'm saying. I'd love to hear what you guys think. So go ahead, feel free to reach out and I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-OTs, they try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage, and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.